This is Afterbirth, the fourth and more postpartum support group brought to you by Preggers Can Be Choosers. In this podcast, we offer peer-to-peer support, not paid psychotherapy. We try to offer support and personal experiences over solutions. If you find yourself in need of more support, the Postpartum Support International or PSI Warm Line is 1-800-944-4773. You can also send a text message to 503-894-9453. English and Spanish options are available. If you'd like to join our conversation live, we meet every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central Time. Need a reminder? You can sign up for text alerts at www.preggers.rock. Lastly, if you find this podcast helpful, please consider sponsoring this group for 99 cents a month. And don't forget to share this podcast with friends and family who may find it helpful too. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, this is Rowan Two Sisters with the Afterbirth Podcast here in Houston, Texas. I'm a licensed CPM and I'm one third of Preggers Can Be Choosers. And this is our weekly afternoon, oh, I guess it's weekly morning, Tuesday morning. Afterbirth podcast and so online support group. And uh, let's see what's going on. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I helped Sarita have her baby. And then last week, I helped somebody else have their baby. So babies are happening. Oh, and somebody else's water is ruptured. So kind of hanging out, waiting to see what happens with that. But that's what's going on over here. How about you guys introduce yourselves? Hey, I'm Bev, um, mom of four. And um... I don't know. There's a few things going on right now, but the main thing is I'm looking for a job and I hate job searching, but um, I just applied for like probably 15 jobs within the past three days. So I'm, yeah, looking forward to working soon. Hey, I'm Caitlin, mom of two. Um, I'm doing really good, especially since uh, we talked about last week that I stood up to my dad at my brother's wedding. And that was a big deal. And um, told him I wasn't in, in, interested in any kind of relationship with him. Um, yeah, it was a big deal. Um, and my chickens are laying eggs. So that's exciting. And um, we're getting ready for Halloween around here. So my name is Sarita. I'm the mom of now three. I just had my baby on October 16th. I want to say real quick about Halloween. Like I've given away lots of stuff, different stuff. Like I think last year we did tape measures. One of the local midwives had um, her son, I think works at like a promo company or whatever. And they had a bunch of little tape measures, those little ones like measuring a belly. And uh, they had the wrong phone number or something on them. And so she had like, I don't know, a thousand of them. And I was like, I'll take 300. And so then other midwives are like, what the hell are you gonna do with all these tape measures? I'm like, give them away for Halloween, obviously. So I did that. And they were a huge hit because kids always like to measure shit. And then one year I gave away finger cuffs, you know, where you put them in there and you like pull them. But a lot of people thought they were tampons. I don't know. And then uh, one year we did aromatherapy diffusers that we got that had chai and some type of like rosemary blend. There were two different kinds, but they look like the kind you put a cocaine bump in. So people were like, what is this? So um, let's see, what else have we done? We've given away pencils and erasers and like random stuff like that. So non-food stuff, you know? So 
that's what we've done in the past. I remember the year the Astros were playing in the playoffs. Remember that guys right after Harvey? And I was just like, kind of like here, you know, like, and there was hardly any trick-or-treaters in my neighborhood that year. So anyway, those are things that I've done in the past. But my mom always taught us to like give away stuff that wasn't candy. So thanks, Susan, for that. So I just want to throw that out. And Sarita, if you want, while, you, while you're still there and available, why don't you share your birth story and tell us about how, how it went down? Well, um, I remember pretty much I woke up, it was like maybe five in the morning. Uh, my contractions were like six minutes apart or so. Well, they went from nine to six. And it was, it wasn't really like, oh, I'm in a lot of pain. It was just, I kept having contractions. I'm like, okay, I guess they're kind of close together. Maybe I should go. So um, I wind up at the birth center like around 10 o'clock, 10 in the morning. I was four dilated, but my contractions were like getting closer and closer together. Um, the, the contractions and stuff were not really just too painful that I can remember. I remember laughing like majority of the time. I remember just in there acting really silly. And I'm like, this isn't how a labor is supposed to go. You're supposed to be in pain and stuff. But um, I handled it pretty well up until I think I was like completely dilated and then I kind of lost my shit. <laughs> so yeah, it was, Okay, mama, okay. Yeah, towards the end, it was like extremely painful and I was tired and I just was over it. I didn't want to do it no more. I was just like, I don't, I'm not having this baby. I don't want to do it. I give up. And yep, I had her at 4.51 p.m. It took forever. I don't remember how many pushes it took for her to come out. It wasn't that many that I can remember. But I just remember just leading up until I was actually pushing. It was very intense. And I think I strained entirely too hard because my eyes, like, the next couple days were, like, red, like, bloodshot red. I had to burst like a few blood vessels, I'm sure, in my eyes. But it was all worthwhile because afterwards I was okay. Hey, y'all. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to get right back to it. Getting back to our real talk after birth style. At the end, you were pushing really hard. So. And the thing that we just kind of noticed, I played the video before their group started, The um, they saw it, I was able to screen share and share it, and is that um, position, so you ended up being on your back kind of like organically, and like I didn't ask you to be that way, like, you know, that's just kind of how you went, and um, and you were pushing super hard. And I remember you were a lot of fun up until about the last two hours. And you were like, I hate everybody in this room. <laughs> you weren't saying that, but that was the, kind of the mood, you know, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Yes, I like I was pretty I was pretty relaxed, calm, everything was just going smooth by and then yeah, the last 
yeah, about two hours or so. I was over it. <laughs> when um, her water broke, like we've talked about this, but your water never broke. It broke right at the end when you were having the baby. <clears throat> and the baby had a really thick meconium level in it. And it was the kind that told me that the baby had had a hypoxic incident, some type of um, where either you got really scared or upset or something, maybe crying hard or something had happened about three weeks prior is what I thought from looking at the meconium. And Mary and I talked about it because I'm the queen of like, you want your water broken? Okay, here's the pros, here's the cons, well, well let's do it. And I never brought mm -hmm. that up or even asked you really. I think, I don't remember talking about it much. Did I, did we ever talk about it? Do you remember? No, we didn't talk about breaking my water because I actually wanted my water to break naturally. Oh, okay. Maybe that's why. Yeah. Well, based on what I saw, if we had, you know, if your water had broken like at five centimeters or something like that, I would have had to go into the hospital with you. Like, yeah, like, I thought about that. Everything happened for a reason. They, my body knew I didn't want to go to that hospital because I probably would have yeah. cursed some people out. <laughs> I think you almost cursed us out so <laughs> um, but in the video like what I was mentioning to them is that you can see that I'm like I need a towel to wipe this baby's face off because I wanted to make sure that there was no bringing that into the baby's you know like as much mm -hmm. as possible to let it go out and stuff and then once the water broke like that <clears throat> and I'm a little bit hyper vigilant about respirations anyway due to COVID that mm -hmm. I was a little bit more handsy and pushy with you than I think I normally am um, and you can see that in like, you know, like people who know me are like, they're like, oh, why are you freaking out? I was like, well, I just want to make sure this baby's breathing. But that baby, like that baby Autumn, she came out breathing and looking around and moving her little hands. Last and... instantly. Mm -hmm. That's all. That's so good. And that's good. Like when the baby latches, it swallows and it helps regulate what's going on in its little body and its respirations are matching up to mm -hmm. yours. And it was really nice. Yeah. What did your family say later? How about your sister? She's like, okay, I didn't witness you have three children. <laughs> I don't want no more. She's like, I don't, yeah. <laughs> and she doesn't have kids, so she's just like, now she's probably scared to have children. <laughs> but um, overall, the experience was very, is completely different. It, it was very relaxing. I was able to relax up until, of course, up until that last two hours. But I was able to relax and everything was going smoothly. My family was like in awe because they were like, you're really handling this very well. I'm like, yeah, I'm not really in pain. I'm very annoying and contractions, but the pain portion wasn't there until until I guess I must have I had to have been all the way dilated and I was in pain pain so that was the worst part how was it going home at you know four or five hours after having the baby as opposed to staying in the hospital I've had a couple people tell me like I loved having the baby here but I'm never coming back here again because I want to have like my two days in the hospital or whatever afterwards so what was your experience um, did you like it or not or um well because of the fact that I was bleeding a lot because I did have a lot of bleeding um I I was okay with being at home but I think I probably needed to be in the hospital because of the fact of my children bothering the crap out of me. 
Like that's the only time to it is your kid because it's like you go home and they're like, okay, let me bring your children. And I'm like, okay, I guess I got to deal with these kids. And I just had this baby. So, you know, they wanted to be all on her, hold her and touch on her. And I'm like, oh my God, I, I don't have the energy to even chase after y'all right now. But I mean, overall, I was able to be a little comfortable. But I think I kind of could have did with having a little bit of help on the side because of how much I did bleed and how much pain I was in. I was in a lot afterwards, more so than I was with my son. But I think that was due to the fact that I was pushing extremely hard. I was straining almost. So... Um, with the being in pain, are you talking about having the afterbirth cramps? Like, where you still feel like you're having contractions, or do you feel like pain on your bottom? Um, okay, so it was more of the pain and the contractions in my eyes. Because for the first few days, my eyes were like, they were throbbing really bad. Like, it was hard for me to see a little bit. So I had pain when I would move my eyes from left to right. That was, yeah. So it was pain there, the contractions, of course. Then um, not really too much the tear. So I didn't really tear that bad. It wasn't really that, but it was more of the contractions for sure. So Caitlin and Bev, how were your afterbirth pains? The Because I think a lot of people don't know about this. I'm hearing this a lot from, I'm going to start talking about this more at the birth center before before it goes down because people are like I still feel like I'm having attractions I'm like oh right and those are things that we want you to have and you'll have them with nursing um, mm -hmm. postpartum especially for people in the birth center because we don't have Pitocin we don't have whatever to like get after you and we're not looking at you for two days or three days later so did you guys have um, afterbirth pains and did they get more increased with with subsequent pregnancies and with different partners like kind of tell me about your experience So with Skylar, because he was C-section, they like cleaned everything out and I didn't really feel anything because I also had an epidural and all the things. So don't remember that for Skylar at all. Um, for Atlas, I don't remember them being terrible. They were really terrible when I was nursing or pumping um, in those first few days and then they would subside, but it was like very localized, very specific to the mostly the pump like if it, if I was pumping it was more intense than if he was if he was nursing but I had such an oversupply I couldn't not pump um it was like take your poison right um but it, it subsided rather quickly also um so yeah I don't I don't remember them being awful but I remember some, like occasionally they were awful. I dreaded um, afterbirth pains more than actual labor. Just absolutely horrible every time. The first time I had been induced, so I had Pitocin running through me. I don't know if maybe that had something to do with the, um, I had a hard time, but then yes, with each subsequent child was harder afterbirth pains. And with my fourth, it was just like, 
like you were saying, Caitlin, every time I was breastfeeding or pumping, it made me feel like, why the fuck do I have to go through this? Like after I just went through, you know, nine months of pregnancy and pushing a baby out of my vagina. Now I have to go through this, like, and my nipples are bleeding at the same time, like fuck whoever created this situation. (laughs) So it was really, it was really hard. Shannon gave me some afterbirth. Um, what is it? I don't know what it is. Rowan, you can chime in with that. Uh, it's a tincture then, made. It's a yes. tincture made by um, Wish Garden, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that was it. That was it. And I know that that did help along with taking um, ibuprofen like every however long, but I would take it like four ibuprofen. And yeah, those things definitely helped. But after birth is a bitch. One thing I want to say, and I can edit this out if you don't want me to share this later, Sarita, but that I noticed that um, when Sarita started pushing, she started moving stool. And so when that happened, her last couple of stool that she pushed out were, she would, like, I thought you were pretty constipated just from, like, being able to, like, move poop. And so, and this is what happens a lot in midwifery. There's a lot of poop moving, okay? But that last piece of poop that you pushed out, like, I was, like, grabbing it and moving towards the trash can and the baby shooting out. So that tells me the baby was hung up on some stool. Um, so now I was telling everybody, when you're 37 weeks, I want you to eat an apple every day and six prunes. So I started like, this is my mantra now at the birth center. Everybody's like, what? And I'm like, because for real, I think, Sarita, you would have had a baby about an hour earlier if you had had um, more flexibility in your bowels. I think if I didn't eat that sausage biscuit inside the, inside the birth room, if I didn't eat that, I'd have been fine because I like the night before, everything was regular. Everything was going. I was drinking a lot of water. I had a lot of um, fiber in me, not to mention I was still taking my prenatals and my iron pills. So I was pretty regular. I I actually, um, what made me know I was getting ready to go into labor because I actually had diarrhea, like for the last two days before. So yeah, I think what they did was that sausage biscuit and I'm not doing that no more. If I ever have kids in the future, which I really don't want no more kids ever, ever, ever. But if Laura says differently and I do wind up having another, I'm never eating like during labor again. And I don't know why I thought it was okay to eat during labor. Because it is. Most people don't eat during labor and they crap out like four or five hours before you do. And they're like so tired, they have to like leave. So maybe we can modify this to just eating apples and stuff that is like yeah, easy on your body. The, because being that I was extremely regular <laughs> and having diarrhea like the day before, yeah, I'm not eating nothing harsh like that again. Mm-mm. Things that are not chewable smoothies things that you don't have to chew are the best and rowan enemas you got to have some enemas in your bag by the time i knew that we needed that it was too late (laughs) entirely too late because we like we had no kind of sign (laughs) i say it because uh in at my birth i made midwife amy drive 30 minutes to walmart (laughs) to buy an enema 30 minutes there and 30 minutes back so yeah 
I know. And then somehow in all this, like, I think I was the one who administered the enema. They're like, Rowan, I was like, how come I'm the expert in enema delivery here? <laughs> like, I, I don't know, somehow that defaulted to being my job. I'm like, sweet, let's do it, you know? This is like the life of a student midwife. You're like, okay, let's do it. Do you know, it's all on that same route of dealing with poop, right? Dealing right. with poop. Yeah. But I do, Rowan, you saying that like her baby was hung up on like that last bit that resonates for my story too. Cause I remember sitting on the toilet going, I can tell what I'm poop, like what I'm pushing, whether it was poop or the baby. I don't know people say that that's crazy, but I could. And so, yeah. Yeah, poop and labor is, they go hand in hand and people don't ever talk about that either because it's embarrassing. You're like, I don't want to talk about my poop. When I was in labor with um, my second child, um, I had been like pushing and not pushing and pushing and not pushing for about three hours. My cervix was super swollen. I was going through, it was a rough time. And then um, finally, like my body just was like, it's time. And I remember like being like, I don't know, kind of like in this position and I looked, I was like, ah, I like pushed and I like looked down and I was like, that was like, there's poop, there's poop on the floor. And then Shannon was like, it's time to push, it's time to push. And my doula was like, okay, let's go, let's go. And I was like, so I, maybe it was that, maybe it was the same kind of thing. Like maybe she was hung up on some poop in there, but I knew like, as soon as I saw the poop on the floor, I was like, it's time, the baby is coming. And she was born like probably less than five minutes later. So yeah, definitely poop is much more involved in birth than people talk about. And it kind of makes it with sense when people say, oh, well, when you do like the little the little um, tricks to get yourself to um, go into labor, like the castor oil or whatever, it makes sense because once the poop is not there, the baby just come like, after it makes sense now like I guess going through it and actually having my baby shoot out directly after the poop was out the way so that baby shot out that little piece of poop that last piece came out and then like I couldn't even get in the trash can fast enough so there you go oh we lost Sarita anyway maybe she had her appointment yeah that looked like a big baby. Mm, it was like eight and eight. Okay. She's she's a little lady. She's um a little she's about Bev's height, but a little bit about about like your body size, but Bev's height. And this is her third baby, and that was um the new partner is a new partner. Her first husband died, and so they have the other two kids. But so he's so funny. Oh shit! <laughs> That's good though, right, Bev? Have your partners watch. <laughs> Because I'll never like forget your spouse's face, Bev, when uh, you had that baby. What's his name? Blake or like some B name? Yeah, Blake. Okay, um, but like I've never seen a man more impressed with a person in their entire life after you had that baby. <laughs> he has this like look on his face. He's like loving you hard. Yeah, yeah, I could I I could see like looking back in the birth pictures and stuff. I was like, oh my god, you really love me like a lot. <laughs> yeah. 
anyway, that's what I've been doing, helping people have babies. So, okay, well, we lost Rita, but that's okay. Anything else you guys want to talk about? Bev, you want to talk about anything while we're, Bev, you want to talk about anything while it's us? Um, I've just, I've just been stressing about getting a job and, um, okay, so I guess, can I say something not recorded first? Hey y'all. So after Bev talked about a few things, I forgot to turn the recording back on, but we ended up talking about financial independence for a little while and that was good. And Sarita came back on and said things are looking good with a baby and showed us that baby's face. So all is well, I guess it ends well. If you'd like to join us, we'd really like to have you in our group. Caitlin's going to tell you how to do that now and by signing up for our text reminders. It's a dicey time. The election's coming up. Some people feel really isolated and lonely and gaslit. I just want to let you know that we're all doing our best and we just keep showing up and with open hearts and using the mantra of I live to be corrected, which is when we fuck up, it's okay. We're just going to keep trying to do better. And if even if not do better, just hold the same and not devolve. All, we're all just going to keep doing what we can here. All right. Hope to see you next week. Are you wanting to join in the conversation but keep missing us live? Then sign up for text reminders at www.preggers.rocks. That's www.preggers.rocks. And we'll see you Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central Time. Yay!